welcome to the Destiny Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. Okay, so we're looking at um, partakers in the supernatural life of healing and an introduction to healing. And as I was saying, you know, we all know people, situations, etc., like your, your mum, you know, who need healing. We know it. Uh, and it's, you know, it's time to learn how to minister healing. You know, it really is. You know, not time to wait around, but it's time to learn how to do it. Uh, because Jesus won it all for us, didn't he, on the cross. So in Isaiah 53, verses 4 to 5, it says, By his stripes we are healed. And so, you know, Isaiah speaks of the stripes of Jesus occurring you know this something's going to happen and by that event there we're going to get healing but it's very interesting that post the cross Peter writing again about that same aspect the stripes of Jesus he puts it in the different tense it says by whose stripes you were healed he puts it into the past tense so in the Old Testament he was looking forward to an event that would occur once we get into the New Testament, Peter looks backward and says, because of what Jesus did, you're healed. And that brings an understanding as to why when Peter walked up to the lame guy, and the guy is saying, please give me some money, Peter goes, I ain't got any money to give you, but I'm going to give you what I have. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. Because he knows that Jesus has done it on the cross. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? It's all done. So, in the New Testament, which is where we are, it's all in past tense now. Jesus has done it. It's through him we're healed. Sozo, you've all had a sozo. But that meaning of sozo is that you are healed spiritually, emotionally, physically. Jesus has done the whole thing, the whole package. And that's, you know, I started off by saying you need to grow in your confidence and absolute assurance that the solution to everything is Jesus. <laughs> He's done it. He's actually has done it. Okay. In Numbers 21 verse 9, uh, the Israelites had to look at a bronze serpent to be healed. This was the event where uh, snakes had come into the camp they were being bitten by poisonous snakes. Moses goes to God, says, God, what should I do? All these people are dying. And he said, make a bronze serpent, put it on a staff, lift it up in the air, and anybody who looks at this bronze serpent will be healed. And that's what happened. All the people had to do was look at the serpent, and they were healed. And you can read that in Numbers 21 verse 9. Interesting, the imagery of a snake is always Satan until God chooses to use it for something good. Right, that's the way scriptures always are. <laughs> okay, but in John verse 3, 14 to 16, Jesus said that he would be lifted up and that all who believed would have eternal life. So. It's, he was using that same scripture that Jesus would be lifted up and whoever looked at him, looked at Jesus, would be sozoed. 
healed in every way, spiritually, physically, emotionally. How am I healed? Because I look at Jesus. What happened to that lady? She looked at Jesus. What happened to the lady on the, where the boats were? She looked at Jesus. That is our job. Get them to look at Jesus, <laughs> right? Show them Jesus. Jesus is the one. It says, you know, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. 1 John, verse, uh, 1 John 3, verse 8. The reason why Jesus has come? Destroy the works of the devil. If you don't believe that all of this stuff that's in people's lives is the work of the devil, then you're not actually joining in with his, what Jesus has come to do. So, you know, this is what he's come to do. He has come to release people from the impact of the work of Satan in their lives. I put this together. It's a combination of a number of scriptures, but when you read it all together, it really does bring a clarity into what Jesus came to do. Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. And Jesus departed from there, skirted the Sea of Galilee, and went up on the mountain and sat down there. Then great multitudes came to him, having with them those who were lame, blind, mute, maimed, and many others. And they laid them down at the Jesus' feet, and he healed them. So the multitude marveled when they saw the mute speaking, the maimed made whole, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they've glorified the God of Israel. Now when the sun was setting, all those who had anyone sick with various diseases brought them to him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for power went from him, and he healed them all. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. It just brings it into context. That's why Jesus saw all of that as the work of the devil and he had come to free people from it. And we get to join in with him, with that. We get to join. Now the most wonderful, incredible miracle, of course, is salvation. It's people just coming to know that Jesus is their Lord and Saviour, coming to know the Father's love. That is the most incredible miracle. And all the rest of it, he wants to do as well. Sickness is of the devil. Our loving Father God does not give sickness. He is not using it to teach you a lesson. All these sort of things have been brought into the church because we have forgot the power that God has given us. So we teach things like, ah, you're sick. I'm sure God's going to use that to teach you a lesson. That's what he's doing. God's suffering, he's let that come on your life because there is a reason for you to have it. Now, look, I'm a father. Do I ever do that to my kids? If I did it, the social services would have me in court. And yet I say that's what God does. Nonsense. But we only come up with those theories because we've, as, a, as the church, 
our focus has not been on the presence and the power of God and learning how to minister to people and learning how to see them healed and learning to do what that group of people did we've just seen in the video. Okay. Jesus' assignment is to destroy the works of the devil. <laughs> it's simple. That's your assignment. Go destroy it, wherever it is. The works of the devil really sits in lies. That's where it comes from. Um, and we're just bringing life and truth to people that brings them freedom from lies. That lady there had been living with this feeling of something missing in her life all that time, all the lies spoken into her, work harder, effort. Yes, you're earning all that money, got that nice boat, nice restaurant there, work harder, work harder, strike hard, 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 hard. What she needed was to know Father's love. And then in the middle of all of that, she goes, yes, Jesus, I want you. That's what we're asked to go and do. Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth, Matthew 28, verse 18. And then says, therefore, go. What? Yes, go, go on. Go and be my disciples. Go be my children and take that authority that I've given you and go kick butt. Wherever you see the enemy, kick it out. Get rid of it. That's where we're going to. He tells us to lay hands on the sick for healing. Mark 16, verse 18. He actually says to us, go and heal the sick. He doesn't say, go to a sick person and pray that I'll heal them. He says, go and heal them. Oh, it's a, well, I don't know how to heal anybody. He says, go heal them. And I'm left with that challenge. Here, there's Andrew, he's sick. I'm left with the challenge. Go heal him. Well, of course he understands that I don't have anything in me that enables me to heal Andy. But the one who can is in me. Absolutely, Rose. And the hope of glory. And he's the one that enables us to go with him the right way. So when you are prompted to pray for your friend in that men's group, you need to know the Father's love. I'm going to pray for you that you know the Father's love. Actually, by inviting God into that situation, inviting the marvellous one in and praying for that man, that man gets far more than, oh, intellectual awareness, yes, Father God is love. He gets far more than, he's physically healed and he's aware that he's loved. So therefore, you know, the, the key with all of it is learn to follow Holy Spirit. He knows how to pray. When Jesus was praying for the blind person, he puts muds on, the, on their eyes. He doesn't do that every time he plays for a blind person. But we follow principles. Therefore, it must put blood, mud on people's eyes. Surely, if Jesus did, that's what I've got to do. No, what you've got to do is follow the Holy Spirit. And he will show you what to do. When Ian Jeffries prayed for a blind lady and she saw, it took a week of praying for this blind lady to see. He prayed for her every day. And at the end of the week, she could see. Ah, when Hannah Hadcroft prayed for the lady who was in a wheelchair for don't know how many years, yes, the woman wasn't paralyzed, but she had to be in a wheelchair because of the pain of the condition. 
She prayed for, for over half an hour. And at the end, the woman got out of the wheelchair and walked, was totally pain-free. In fact, went home without her wheelchair, left it in the, uh, the place where they were, because she was totally healed. <coughs> These are two people in our church. Do you, you understand what I'm trying to say? I'm not using anybody like John Arnott or, or Heidi Baker's stories. I'm using two people from our church who have seen stunning miracles because they've chosen to follow the Holy Spirit chosen to believe. Like Hannah said to the woman, I'm not leaving you until Jesus has done it. Do you see what I'm, I mean? That determination, I know he can and I'm not leaving you alone until he's done it. Oh, I, Hannah, teach me how to do that. Because I would have walked away. I know I would have done. She said there was a group of about five or six around praying for her. And all, as the time went on, more and more people just drifted away. And Hannah said, no, I'm here until he's done it. Same with Ian. You know, prayed for the lady and nothing happened on the first occasion. But hopefully I'll tell you the detail of this story. But over the week, the woman saw oh. Just imagine if you've come across somebody in Spain who's blind and you pray for them the first day and you get the chance to every day pray for them and to see them see, oh gosh, gosh, wonderful stories, get on video please. <laughs> okay. Jesus says we will do the same works as he did, but even greater works. You know, John 14 verses 12 to 14, he says you'll do greater works than these. Oh gosh, the greater works. So they're there for you. They're there for us to step into, get involved in. God's purpose is saving you was not simply to rescue you and keep you busy until he shipped you off to heaven. It, I, I have to admit, that's what my early Christian life felt like. You know, I got saved. So what do I do now? I join in all of the programs of the church good I'm not going to cry them and and do my Bible study and do my prayer and do my spiritual things and it felt like I was just being occupied and God's got something more than that for us a lot more his purpose is much bigger he commissioned you to demonstrate the will of God on earth as it is in heaven that's what he commissioned you to do <gasps> yes come on then I'm going to let that passion rise up in you. Okay, God, you've commissioned me. I'm going. Let's see it. Right? Helping to transform the planet into a place that is radiant and saturated with his power and presence. That's where I am. Our assignment has never been that we can do what we can do for God. It's, our assignment is not, can I, what can I do for you, God? It's what can he do through me. So again it comes back to rest. I am resting in what you have done for me. I'm not struggling or trying. I haven't got to make this happen. I haven't got to. It's not my responsibility to make it happen. It's his. My, my job is to trust him and let him flow through me. And as I do that, he does wondrous things. People get healed, people get saved. We see the stuff like we've just seen on the telly. These are um, 
some of the healings that I've seen Jesus do through me. Um, I was involved with a group of us who prayed for a woman whose baby had died in the womb. Um, for some unknown reason, she had to carry it to full term, and I didn't understand that. But she lived on uh, Cleveland's Road, very close to where our old church was, and she actually walked into church and wanted prayer because of this awful situation. And I was with Irving, and uh, I think Martin Little was there. There's a few of us, anyway, gathered round her to pray. The baby is now a man living in sale because she went to the hospital and they said, I don't understand this, but there's a heartbeat. So the baby's alive. The baby came back to life. How wonderful. Prayed for a young man who had schizophrenia, been diagnosed with schizophrenia. Um, I didn't really understand the detail. I, you know, it's, he'd come to one of our services. It, uh, his dad asked if somebody could pray for him. I went to pray for him. Uh, I just felt to take authority over uh, demonic, but I didn't really understand what I was praying for. I don't think I understood at the time that he had schizophrenia, to be honest with you. Um, anyway, two years later, the dad came back saying, the son's totally healed, totally healed. That's wonderful, isn't it? A uh, lady, I think I've told you this one, very poor eyesight, she couldn't read, you know, big posters on walls, she couldn't read them, big thick glasses, asked us to pray for her eyesight because she wanted to be able to read things. And there was a strong, as we started to pray, the strong smell of nicotine came. So I took authority over this demon of nicotine, told it to leave her. She manifested, the demon left, she took her glasses off, she could read follow Holy Spirit because what's the link between smoking and eyesight? I am a clue. Do you get what I mean? So follow Holy Spirit. Pray how you feel he's directing you rather than, oh yes, I've got to pray for your eyesight, haven't I? Remember we watched that video of Bill Sapritsky, the woman with the bleed, you know, bleeding bowel. Okay, we would normally just want to pray for your bleeding bowel then. And he prayed for an ear and told a demon to leave. The demon left her and her bowel was totally healed. You know, the, the link was from her parents and her going to spiritualism and being told that there will be, uh, uh, you know, problems with her ear. She always had problems with her ear as a child. And what was it? It's a curse that comes on her. So Bill Sabitzi breaks the curse, tells the thing to go. You saw the, her manifest in the demon left and she's totally healed of this bleeding bowel condition. Follow Holy Spirit, you know. Ask him, how do I pray? What's the prayer for this person that I'm going to use? Um, knee problems, I remember it was a group like this, and um, uh, word of knowledge comes, and I know the person, it's you, you have problems with your knees, it clicks, doesn't it? She goes, yes, it clicks. Okay, well, let's just pray now. Pray for her, oh, it's gone. You know, it's wonderful. Sprained ankle, I remember one of our, um, this is quite a number of years ago, one of our old, older ladies had sprained her ankle. So I had a word of knowledge, there's somebody here with a sprained ankle. She put her hands up, said, yes, yes, it's me, I've got a sprained ankle. So people in church gathered round her, prayed for her. Within minutes, she's taken the bandage off, the pain's gone, and she's totally healed. Um, dyspepsia, uh, this is like, uh, you know, acid reflux in the stomach. Uh, I, I had words of well, knowledge that somebody's got dyspepsia here. Actually, you're a lady. Actually, you're just thinking you're going to go to the doctors. And what about people from 
church came forward and said, it's me, we prayed for her. Within two weeks, totally gone, she was healed. Um, myself, piles, uh, I had piles. Um, this is where principles of healing come in. You know, learning to pray for yourself is important. Um, and, it, and I have to say, it's not easy because you're continually bombarded with the um, the pain that you've got in your body or the emotion you've got in the body. And that's why you need to listen to Rebecca as she teaches you that we are being given health. And it's our choice to believe that Jesus has won our health for us as well. Right. Um, but I remember having a revelation that, do you remember Jesus said, you know, you could speak to the mountain and tell it to go. And I had a revelation that Actually, my sicknesses could be like a mountain in front of me. They'd be so hard to get through. They'd be so overwhelming, this enormous mountain. But if I could see through the mountain as if it was glass, I could see on the other side, and I would declare what my health was like on the other side. So I would declare, thank you, Jesus, I don't have any piles. I'm totally healed. I am free from having piles. And within days, I was healed of this, of piles. Totally wonderful. Never happened since. Facial wart. I had a facial wart here. I went to the doctor and said, you know, I'm a bit concerned. Is that cancer? No, it's not cancer, but you've got some. You know, you'd have, my kids would say, Dad, what's this on your face? You know, well, I've got a bit self-conscious about it. So I thought, what am I going to do? He I know what I'm going to do. Think on it. In the name of Jesus, I tell you what, to die and <laughs> come off my body. Name of Jesus, I've received all of my healing in a few days. This thing just dried up and fell off. Wow. <laughs> Ooh, fantastic. <laughs> um, um, I told you about the lady with hysterectomy. I walked past her, the Holy Spirit said, Pray for potassium levels to increase. Went back, prayed for potassium levels to increase. She's shaking like this. Then I got a letter a few days later. Uh, you didn't know this, but I was due to go into hospital on the Monday for a hysterectomy. Went into the hospital. They said, I don't know why you're here. There's no need for you to have a hysterectomy. You're totally healed. Um, room problems. I remember looking across the room, seeing a lady. She was right at the back of a church, a different church we're in. And I said, you, this word of knowledge again, you've uh, got problems with your womb. As she came forward to receive prayer, the Holy Spirit hit her, power hit her, and she was healed. Wonderful. Uh, infertility, I've told you, you know, I think it's twice I've had the opportunity to pray for ladies who, uh, couples who want to have children, can't have children, prayed for them, they've had children. Wonderful. <laughs> emotional healing, uh, you know, numerous times personal emotional healing and healing, emotional healing in others, and that's what's happening, of course, in Sozo. Uh, frozen shoulder, gosh, I remember this one. The lady, uh, you know, had this frozen shoulder, couldn't move her arm at all. It was a struggle. And as I prayed for her, she said, um, I'm afraid, I said, I feel the Holy Spirit saying you have forgiveness problems with your sister. And at first she said, no, 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 I don't, no, I don't, no, I don't. I said, I think you do. And she said, yes, I do. Okay, so we'll just forgive her. So she forgive her, and her arm went, Toom, like that, in the air, as if it was like <laughs> somebody pulled it up and it had gone straight up in the air, totally healed. And that was the link between unforgiveness and a physical condition. So it's not just, you know, 
demons there. This, this lady had taken a decision on her to deal with this, uh, her sister in this particular way and the result of that unforgiveness was a physical condition in her. Again, follow the Holy Spirit. Don't go trying to work it out. Oh, frozen shoulder, I'll just pray for this frozen shoulder. Listen to what Holy Spirit's saying. Just as with Jesus, there's no set patterns for any of those healings. No, that's, you know, principles would give you set patterns. Follow them. Uh, there are numerous good books written about this particular type of sickness is a result of this. This type of sickness is a result of this. I honestly believe all of that. I honestly do because I know principles work. But I also know that grace supersedes all of that. And the reason why I know that is because grace is Jesus. And it's it, sometimes, I have to say, when people present me with books that are like that thick, and they say, for your Christian life, you need to read this and know it. I go, I'm sorry, I can't do it. It's just too much. Um, so I, I don't read them. Because I, I can't, I, I feel if I've got to go into that sort of degree to learn my Christian life, then why was I supposed to be a child? And surely as a child, you know, it does say the anointing will teach you all things. So I get a little bit, put my head in the sand and say, I can't read all that. <laughs> I'm not telling you to do that. I'm just saying that's what I'm like. I, you know, it's got to be simple. Um, you know, Again, it's, there's no set pattern. Some are healed by a word of command, some by commanding the spirit to leave, some by getting the person to forgive, others were words of knowledge. It's just a myriad of ways in which God does it. And a lot of the reason why we don't see people healed is because we lose our, you know, we're following Holy Spirit and then we just go off track a bit and now we're down to our own intellect, trying to work it out ourselves, and we're not connecting with Holy Spirit, and he's the one who brings life and healing, okay? Words of knowledge is a gift given by the Holy Spirit. The gift is linked with healing, but not exclusively, and we've been trying to practice words of knowledge, and we'll do that as the weeks go on, we'll practice again. The Holy Spirit provides information regarding the condition, that the Father wants to heal. The gift awakens faith in people and they respond and they say, oh, that's me, and healing comes. And I'd like to see more frequency of healing increase, the frequency of healing increase in our church is a desire. My, my, if you think, what is my dream? My dream is to see a healing revival in our church that has an impact on our nation. Because I, I honestly, honestly believe that health is for us in our church, any church. Uh, it, if you look in Acts, you know, the presence of the Holy Spirit with them was so significant that even the shadow of Peter was healing people as he walked by. And it says they brought their sick into the area where the Christians were. And people were becoming so Oh gosh, look at all this that's happening. They were a bit apprehensive about coming in near them because of that wonder of God. Well, we've seen it. Uh, if you go back in church history, you know, you can see those times of healing revivals coming. 
significant. Just look at what happened in Wales. Just look at John Wesley in this country, let alone what's happening in Germany. Uh, I mean, there are stunning revivals that have taken place. So the miraculous never goes away. But for me, in, you know, for my church in this country, my heart is a healing revival. That's what my dream is. And that's what I'm heading towards and believing in. And I want to see more frequency of healing increase amongst us. So that people like Brian don't have to die of cancer. You know, they can just go home with Jesus and not have to die through something nasty like that. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. 1 John 4, 17 So as he is, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we in this world. How was Jesus in this world? He did all of this wonder, of healing and restoration and reconciliation of people. I read that, that passage, these passages. Every person that was sick, every main person, think about somebody's maimed, you know, like they've had a hand chopped off. Every main person was healed. That means that hand grew back. No wonder they were astonished at what was happening, all right? Everyone. How did he do all that? Yes, he was God. He was the Son of God. But it says that he laid aside all of his godly nature and became man. And became man who followed Holy Spirit. And in being a man following Holy Spirit, he did all of this. Why does that thrill me? It thrills me because it means that me and you can do it as well. Because if he did it as God, I could never do it. Because I'm not God. But because he was man, because he did it as a man, because he did it by following Holy Spirit, that means I can do it. That means you can do it. And we can see the miraculous of God at work. Possessing love results in fearless confidence towards God. I know I've had those wonders of confidence with God. And I have to say, for my own life, it tends to be more in the church. But I, there's a growing desire in me for it to become everywhere. Everywhere, in my, everywhere every bit of my life. Um, there's a growing desire for that. Jesus has done it all. We're in him. We are one with him. And as he is in this world, so are we. He's in you. You're in him. What more do you want? What more do you need? Don't think it's don't think it's theory or intellect or learning. It's nothing. That don't get you anywhere. It just it helps. But it's not the key. The key is follow him. Follow him. Jesus has given us his authority and power. What more do you want? He gave it to you. He has given us the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is with you. We are now asked to go lay our hands on the sick and see them recover, destroying the works of the devil. Is it God's will for everybody to be healed? Um, 
somebody came to Jesus and said, if you will, please heal me. And he says, I will. He revealed what Father's heart was. He always desired for healing. Did Jesus heal every single person in Israel at that time? No, he didn't. Did he heal every person that came to him? Yes, he did. So there's a difference. And that's why I keep emphasizing, follow Holy Spirit, follow him. He knows where Father's working. He knows the person. He knows the, the group of people who came out of that alleyway. He knows them. He knows the one that will run down the street saying, do you know Jesus, do you know Jesus? He knows them. So follow him and you will then see things happening around you. Doing this stuff in our everyday lives is what Irving talks about and hopefully he's shared some of his wonderful stories you know of being a doctor and yet praying for people and seeing them healed. Going into a pub in Northern Ireland that's a, 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 Repub I think it was a Republican pub that the church he'd gone to were rather nervous or scared that he'd gone into the wrong pub because of all the issues that had been over in Ireland and yet there they were praying for people and seeing them healed telling them about Jesus in this book. That's, um, hopefully he's shared quite a few of those stories. Those are the stories that Ian will share with you next week about the everyday experience of God appearing and doing stuff. Whether I'm, he's at work, whether he's on holiday, whether he's uh, flying on a plane. And this is a graduate who, when he came on iDestiny, didn't really believe that God healed and certainly didn't believe that God would heal through him and now sees it regularly. And you think, if Ian can do it, we can do it as well. And that's what really excites me because I think he's no different to me, you know. We can do it. So my encouragement to you in this brief review of healing is to say, Jesus has just said to you, go and do the stuff. <laughs> Luke 10 was, just go, will you, <laughs> and trust me. Go and trust me. Go, see. So, practically, what happens then when I'm feeling, I've prayed for these people, nobody's getting healed. I've prayed about 16 people, nobody's getting healed. What do I do then? Go pray for another 16. Keep going. It's, it is as simple as that. If you stop, you won't see anybody healed. Keep going. So Bill Johnson will say to us, look, the ones I go to you know, a healing conference, I pray for people, many people get healed, but the ones I remember are the ones who weren't healed. And it causes him to say, God, more please, more of your presence, more of you more of you in these meetings, so that more freedom of you to just do what you like to do. Um, Randy Clark will say the same thing. I, you know, I've prayed for hundreds of people to get healed, hundreds of people are getting healed, but I remember the ones who aren't. Um, I don't when I get a chance to listen to it, he does a wonderful talk on um, the failures of ministry, and he just has these stories of people that he's prayed for that have never been healed and seriously ill. He says, because that's what you will have. 
you will have those stories of people that you've prayed for and they're not being healed. Don't base your theology on that, on that experience. Base your theology on what Jesus has done. Remember Peter said, by his stripes we are healed. That's the theology. That's the truth. All right, if my experience today doesn't match up with that, that is not his fault. It's something associated with me. <laughs> I'm not following, not understanding, not doing it, right? The enemy will speak to you about, you better stop then until you become more experienced. I went through this. I went through a period where I wouldn't pray for people because I wanted to become more experienced. I didn't want to say Andy came to me and he's got a really bad condition and he says, will you pray, Alan? I didn't want to pray for him and at the end of it he's still not healed. I wanted to be able to pray and he would be healed. So I thought the best thing would be to stop and learn. Oh, gosh, the truth with that is you don't go anywhere. You don't see anybody healed and you can't learn enough so that every time I pray for Andy he gets healed. When Kath, I mean, Kath had one or two serious illnesses, what I discovered was how much I love people praying for us. When Kath had cancer and people were praying for us, it was just the most wonderful thing. Please pray again. Come and pray again. I never went, oh my gosh, none of these people are praying. Kath's not healed. I never went like that. I just wanted more. And I began to realise that I think the vast majority of people appreciate your prayer. They appreciate it, especially within the church and within people within the church who know about healing. They appreciate your prayer. Well, let's honour that and give prayer to them and pray. Because in the end of the day, what I'm asked to do is follow him and do his will. Is it his will that everybody gets healed? Yes, it is. That's what the cross was for. Do you get what I mean? It's done everything, so it's his will. Okay, I'm following Holy Spirit. And the, the most, you know, and he's sick, I'll pray for you because <laughs> there could be a connection and you could have that miracle and I'll pray for you. And if I don't pray for you, you may not have the connection, you may not have the miracle, so I'm going to. Now, in the going to pray for Andy, I'm learning to follow Holy Spirit. And I might be praying for his ear and telling a demon to leave. Do you see what I'm trying to say to you? Because I'm learning, for, and oh, I'm making a connection, I'm praying for your potassium levels to increase, and I haven't a clue why, but that's what the Holy Spirit's prompting. And in that process, the person gets healed. And I'm learning not to rely on my brain. My brain wants to fall back on principles. It wants to have this neat pattern. Oh, it's such and such, therefore I must pray in this way. And I find that it don't really work. But if I'm following you, Holy Spirit, the likelihood is I'll have an encounter. And I've also learned that uh, the person comes for prayer and you're praying for them. And maybe that condition doesn't get healed. But they can have an encounter with God. And they are overwhelmed by his love. So that's a wonderful, wonder, you know, it's a wonderful occasion. So don't be in the, oh, I'm praying for them. No, you're, you're praying for that they would encounter the Father of love. Thank you for listening to the Our Destiny podcast. 
For further information, check out www.idestiny.org.uk.